Welcome back, everybody. We are back with episode 21, and we are covering quite possibly not just the greatest RPG game ever made, Ooh. but the greatest video game ever made. And that, not necessarily my opinion, but it is definitely a very popular opinion. We're covering Chrono Trigger, or Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I was about to say Chrono, Chrono. what the fuck? <laughs> I've been calling it Chrono. I think it is Chrono, but I've called it Chrono Trigger a lot. Jared, you weigh in. What do you think? I, I'm a Chrono Trigger guy. But yeah, okay. Who, who to be fair, it's... I've been calling Marl Marley this entire playthrough, so well, what the fuck do I know? Chrono is probably a Southern West Virginia thing. Who knows? <laughs> well, either way, you if you're listening, you know what game we're talking about. It's uh, Chrono or Chrono Trigger. But either way, on this podcast, Chrono's outnumbering Chrono 2 to 1. But anyway, uh, before we get into that amazing RPG game or just greatest game ever made, entirely up to uh, whoever's listening, whatever you think. Mm-hmm. This game was picked by Terry Bragg, by the way, who's one of our listeners. Terry. And thank you for this pick. And before we do that, we've got to do a plug. We're trying to give away a PlayStation Classic, and we've been trying to give it away for episode after episode. And we're on our way. It's going to be soon, and somebody's going to win it. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts. Or now Spotify, which is where most of our listeners are. Even I'm a Spotify guy. Leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, and send it to us. You can go to Facebook, look up Retro Jammers, or go to Twitter and hit up at Retro Jammers. That's our handle. And you can just send it to us. You post it on our wall, send it in a message. It doesn't matter. As long as you do it, boom, you're entered. You have to do nothing else. We take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So first 100's in, boom. But anyway, there's also one more awesome thing happening this episode. Yes, sir. We are giving away a sealed copy <laughs> of Lester the Unlikely. Completely sealed. We've already got the uh, people who's already like reviewed it. You're getting that. So, you know, that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. At the um, very end of this episode, we're going to be revealing the winner of that. And I think we have about 20 people who's entered. So, uh, so one of you all is going to be winning the 3.4 Retro Jammer Classic, Lester the Unlikely there. <laughs> the way right. I, I got that, man, the game store I've been going to, I saw a copy of it sealed, like just sitting there in the glass. And at first I, I kind of seen it and I just kind of chuckled myself like, ha, ha, ha. and I expected it to be like a hundred dollars or something. But I look at it, it's $31. I'm like, fuck a sealed yeah, copy, like near mint. I'm like, I got to get that just for shits and giggles and give this thing out. Because like amongst our listeners, Lester than likely, obviously that's probably the worst game we've ever played. Right horrible game i mean if you played it it's probably one of the worst <laughs> games you've ever played no matter who you are yeah so i thought that would be a hilarious giveaway and i am excited to see who wins that at the end of this yeah game. well somebody's going to win it and like i said there's something to think about there if you want to enter the giveaway for the playstation who knows maybe there'll be another giveaway along the way that you can uh, get entered on so surprise we're giving away lester this time could be something mm-hmm. else on the way to 100 it's the road to 100 absolutely well guys i mean we just passed new year's i hope everyone listening had a good new year's jared uh how was new year's at your house uh did you all get a little cart dui going on how how did it go <laughs> sadly we didn't uh but we still had a good time we just had a couple of close friends over uh I was there yeah carter ended up coming after his shift which was a good time uh mm-hmm. i think jeff and i played a little bit like we kind of gotten we we haven't done what we call retro retromus this year but jeff and i we played tecmo bowl like a game at least one game maybe two and then we played some old baseball game on nes Mm -hmm. and jeff just started like 
I was killing Jeff in the beginning, and then Jeff learned the buttons. He was the Yankees, or at least who he thinks he was, because he like the teams just had letters as their name. I chose <laughs> A, and he chose Y. Yeah, and like or, or something yeah, like that. Braves and Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that's that's what I thought. And but anyway, Jeff learned by like the fourth inning. It was like sixteen to six. He was crushing my ass. He's like, <laughs> uh, "Do you just want to quit this now?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So we got a little retro miss in, but we we missed having you and Carter there to play a little bit of cart DUI. I know, man. I yeah, missed I how many retro monsters this like probably two or three in a row, like these past years. Yeah. Whenever you bought me the Mario Kart Toad toy, I wasn't there to get it. <laughs> yeah. But next year, I'm going to for sure try to make it because we mean, got to. That's that's like a good tradition. And actually going back now, we did my Uncle John uh, came by and we showed him what Mario Kart DUI was mm-hmm. just one race. Like we did one race where we like, you know, chugged the beer just to get it started just to show him what it was we had planned on playing it later i don't know what happened who did he play who did he play as yeah <laughs> uh, curious. i want to say it was donkey kong or bowser it was a big guy okay okay yeah because we no. always have our set uh characters you're, t- yeah. you're yoshi i'm toad carter's the white shy guy and then that's <laughs> always tanuki <laughs> Tanuki Mario. Well, the funny thing, Jared, is I know exactly why we didn't play. <laughs> when I, I showed up after eleven, and uh, you were pretty far gone. We uh, we we flipped a. We were literally playing a game where we flipped a quarter, and me and Jeff picked heads, and then Jared flipped it, and he goes, "Come on, please be tail or please be heads, please be heads," and it landed on tails, so you won, and you went, "Damn it!" and you paid us anyway. So. <laughs> It was just living for a dollar. So that's pretty much why we didn't play DUI Mario Kart. I think everybody was a little bit had had a little bit too much fun before the time I arrived. So right. it is what it is. <laughs> that doesn't man. surprise me. But oh, and just for the record, we did end up giving you your money back. So. I, I know. <laughs> but but Carter can tell you, Tanner, how much money did I sit there and lose on a damn coin flip after uh, winning in poker? Oh, he fuck, was, how much? Oh, he, he lost all his quarters. He had, I think he said, okay, $5 and we'll do it. And, and uh, our buddy Lambert was there and he said, okay, $5, flip it. I don't care. Jared flipped the go- and Lambert called it. He's Lambert goes tails, boom, lands on tails. So Jared goes, damn it. Pays him five bucks. He goes double or nothing, $10, flips it, $15. And every time he'd flip it, Lambert would call <laughs> tails and it landed on tails every time. And Jared ended up handing like 40, 45 bucks right at the end. Holy shit. Flipping a-, <laughs> a damn quarter. <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous you were doing so good and then Lambert's like hey, i'll come back over and play that corn flip again <laughs> jared are you like that uh just drunk or or sober are you kind of like that like a little ballsy when it comes to gambling any any time sober <laughs> drunk doesn't matter i i love to gamble yeah well yeah. i mean carter what was uh let's get into our retro finds here what are some of the shit you get before Ooh. i get into my stuff Oh, yeah. Well, I did do a little bit of running around with uh, Jeff. He actually went and bought a bunch of Xbox games, like uh, Xbox 360, Xbox One, even. There's a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent $175, <laughs> but he got like, God, I'd say 150 games even. It's it's boxes full. Right. Um, he broke down the math on it. He made like several hundred. But, I mean, some of those games, um, even he, he'll tell you, like, they're if they're worth like 4 or $5 a piece, sealed, or not sealed, but complete, um, they're usually worthless because most places won't take them anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. Uh, as far as me, um, I didn't really get anything retro wise this week. Um, I did get <clears throat> employee of the month 
at work. <laughs> oh, oh <congrats>. wow. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Nice. And ended up getting a $50 gift card, and it was for Amazon. Wish it was eBay, but it was on Amazon. So what I did is I ordered a new charger for my Vita because mine's kind of uh, been held together by electrical tape. Uh, <laughs> I used to just cram it in my backpack and I take it everywhere with me. And I mean, years of abuse, it's finally starting to give way. How much did they go for? Because those handheld uh, chargers usually are fucking like crazy. How much are Vita chargers? Um, I think I got it for like eight bucks. Oh, that's nothing then. Never yeah, mind. It's, it's, it's generic though. It's not like the official Vita charger, but I mean, right. it should it should work just fine. I'm hoping it does. Well, my, my charger's still working. I just wanted one that's not so yanked looking. <laughs> so I ordered one of those. I ordered a PS3 game, a game I've always wanted to play, Sonic Generations. Heard it's really good. Oh, it's a really good game. Usually yeah, Sonic oh, games yeah. nowadays are trash, but I remember that one being excellent. Right, that's the one that gets the one up. And I was looking at, so when I was in high school in 2006, whenever we were, uh, the PS3 and stuff was announced, my screensaver in at T-School or trade school was, um, <laughs> Jared's always called it T-School, called me a T-School kid. <laughs> but uh, my screensaver was Sonic for the upcoming PS3 game, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh-huh. And oh, is that the Sonic I was going to order game? that game. Well, I was going to order that game and looking over the reviews, everyone said the all the positive reviews were positive because they said this game is hilariously bad. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Sonic 06 is what they're calling it. And they said it's God awful. And I was still like, you know what? I'll order it anyway, just because I mean, hell, it's going to be in with the rest of my 50 some PS3 games. Why not? <laughs> but I ended up just getting Sonic Generations. I got which is apparently the actually really good Sonic game. Mm hmm. And I got my charger, and I also ordered a game called God Wars Future Past, I think it's called, for the Vita, hmm. an actual Vita game that I got for like 20 bucks. So I was impressed with that. Nice. Um, can't find those anymore. And I found it on Amazon, so I'm sure it's not going to be worth anything, but I mean, I don't care. It's a new game. And when I looked up <laughs> reviews for it, they were comparing it to Final Fantasy Tactics because it's a tactics game. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I think I'll go ahead and grab that just to give me something else for the, for the Vita. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I bought this week with my gift card. Nice, did you get man. anything, Tanner? I know you did. You always do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't get nearly as much as I did last week, but uh, we're two weeks in between recording episodes now, so I have found this new honey hole, or more of it's like a honey ravine, honestly. It's in Knoxville, and it's called... Honey a ravine. ravine. <laughs> <laughs> this place hey, is hey, fucking hey. massive, dude. Before you reveal the location... You might want to keep it to yourself. I don't know. Ooh. I mean, that is true. I, I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. We don't have a lot of listeners in where I live. So I, speaking, I, of, uh, speaking of honey holes, Jer we and Jared used to bass fish all the time. And he's like, hey, everybody, I caught this bass at this place. We always caught it the bass <laughs> hole. My God, we go down there. There would be, I'd see people walking up and down that all the time. <laughs> yeah. us, so, well, yeah, I'll keep just, those I'll honey just holes say the store name. Right. I'll just go ahead and say it's called McKay's. Now, this place is absolutely massive. Have you all ever seen uh, The Breakfast Club, the 80s movie? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you all do you all remember like the library in that movie? Like, oh, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it looks like, like in real life, except there's like way more bookshelves. It's like there's <laughs> so, like, two stories. Yeah, it's like two stories. And then on the second story, there's like a uh, it goes all around the wall. And it's like you can look down on the first story kind of like that. <laughs> That but this store legit. sells everything from like records, books, uh, movies, all sorts of shit. And they also sell video games. And I, every day they get trade-ins from people. So the way it works, because I went in there and traded in some shit, is you have to put stuff in this like bucket. It's so odd how, because I sent it to Jeff. I'm like, how does this work? I don't understand this because I've never seen anything like it. 
And he's like, I don't know. So I went in there and I put everything I wanted to sell in this bucket and I gave it to him. And I had to wait around for about an hour because there's so many people in this store. And I was looking through their PlayStation games and they, they always have good shit. It's never anything just like mediocre. So once I got my uh, credit back, I think I got like 60 credit or something. I ended up picking up Medieval, which is a PS1 game. Um, oh, I love that game, Medieval. It's a, it, I've been playing it since after I beat Chrono Trigger, and it is amazing. I've been loving it. And uh, I, got, I picked up Mega Man X6 because it was going for a decent price. I picked up Theme Hospital, which is a Jared game. Didn't you say you always wanted to buy that, Jared? It's like a, I always did. Yeah, mm-hmm. any of those like tycoon-type games or – I guess theme was a certain brand. I had um, theme park. I think that might be made by the same people. It's just called theme park. park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love that. I mean, uh, fast food tycoon was awesome. Roller coaster tycoon, all those, but yeah, that's my kind of game, but continue. I like hearing. Right. And then the, the random ass game that I picked up, it was a Japanese game called pocket fighters. And the main reason I picked it up was just because it was Japanese. And I thought that was interesting. And the cover art looked pretty cool. But uh, I learned the hard way that the PS2 and PS3 are region locked, and that's what I play my PS1 games are, so I can't play that one. So that kind of pissed me off a little bit, but I got it for fairly cheap, and, and it's pretty cool to have in the collection. Uh, Carter, are you? Sh- do you know if the PlayStation 1 can play Japanese games? or? Um, I think the PS1 and PS2 is both region locked. I didn't okay. think the PS3 was. However, if you're playing a PS1 game, I'm not sure if it's like... I think PS3 is not region locked for PS3 games, but I don't know how the PS1 games work. I didn't look enough. It into is region locked because I tried to play it on both PS3 and PS2, and it wouldn't let me. Okay, it's probably that. with the PS1 game because I'm pretty sure I looked up uh, the PS3, and I think it's pretty much wide open, like three, four Vita, all that. Because I know Vita, you can buy a Japanese Vita and play whatever you want, just set it right. to English. So, yeah, I hate when companies do that, but I mean, it's whatever. It's still cool on the shelf, but uh, in a, also in a separate place, I found this random ass pawn shop. And I walk in, and there's just mostly mediocre sports games, just nothing crazy. But I see on the very end of the shelf, they have two games that I've been dying to have in my collection since I've decided for PS1. That was Ape Escape and uh, Crash Bandicoot 2. And I was like, yes, like a hell yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I look at the price tag, both of them five bucks. And I'm pretty sure Ape Escape goes for 45 and Crash goes for 25 I think. It's like around there, 25 30 and uh, I still, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was in such an excitement. I didn't even open the cases to look at the discs just to check the, the quality of them. I, I just like, hell yeah, I'm going to the register and I take it up there. And then as he's ringing it up, it clicked in my mind. Like you might want to look at these. And I was like, okay. I was like, Hey man, do you mind if I look at the quality of these? He's like, yeah, go ahead. And I open it. Ape escape looks fine. No problem whatsoever. Then I open crash two and it's crash three in it, which I already have. I'm like, damn it, man. Glad <laughs> you looked. Yeah, yeah, same here, because uh, that would have sucked ass to have two of the same one. But, uh, yeah, so I ended up picking up Ape Escape, and uh, that's one of my favorite Sony franchises. I love Ape Escape. That is so fun. That is but, a uh, franchise I've never touched before, actually. Cool. Really? Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a mental note of that in the future. <laughs> but I uh, think they, they almost – I don't want to say they made that game purely for, but, like, I think it kind of came out simultaneously with the DualShock, like the – having analog sticks mm-hmm. i um i remember the Ape escape commercials being like all over the place when that thing was uh coming out when we were kids but i just i've never really picked it up and played it though it's a fairly simple 
like style of game. You just go around with like this lightsaber and you beat an, an ape and then you catch it in a net. And that's, that's literally the game, but it, wow. it, 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 that's literally what it is, but it is way funner than it sounds. Yeah. Harder. The way you explained it, it sounds perfectly fine to me. Take a lightsaber, beat the shit out of an ape and capture it. And okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I, I honestly think monkeys are probably the one animal in video games that have the best video games. Like if you think about every single monkey video game, it's always Donkey excellent. Kong. Donkey Kong, Super Monkey Ball, Ape Escape, and I'm pretty sure there's another one I'm not thinking of, but they, they're always excellent. Yeah, so th- those are my pickups, and uh, I'll continue to tell you all what I get here in the future. I'm, I'm still just PS1 oriented, and I also picked up the, that uh, Lesser Than Likely we're going to be giving away. So, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for giveaway stuff, too, in the future. Man, that's a fairly good week. I can't complain about that at all. Well, uh-huh. I know it's been two weeks, but still, yeah, pretty, pretty damn good. Nothing but quality there. But uh, anyway, Chrono Trigger, guys, uh, I have never played this in the the past. This was my first time ever even touching this game. But I'm pretty sure you two have beaten this game in the past, right? Um, Yeah, actually, the reason I discovered this game, and Jared probably has no recollection of this at all. Recollection, recollection. That's how you say that. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Um, Everybody listening, this is like, really? Out of all the stuff you say, that's what you're going to be worried about? But... uh, But uh, I discovered this game back in high school when I was at, or freshman years, maybe when I was in eighth grade even. But I remember I was downloading a bunch of emulators and stuff, and I was just you know playing a little bit of everything. That's back when I was trying to I discovered emulators, and I was like, holy shit, I can play everything. Mm-hmm. And Jared said, Jared Cook, the guy on the podcast with us, was like, I found a game you'd love, Chrono Trigger. And I was like, what the hell's Chrono Trigger? <laughs> I've never even heard of it. But apparently Jared like got on google or something i don't know how you heard of it maybe you knew it from before and i'm just mistaken but i was pretty sure you just looked up like an rpg list or something and you found that game and you said oh carter love that and you just came mm-hmm. to school and told me about it so i downloaded it beat it and it's been 15 years until the podcast that i beat it but man that was a time but yeah so that's, you that's in high school nice when you beat it you think probably either eighth grade or maybe freshman year it was early high school it's been a and that's the last time i played it too i just remember i played it all the way through it and was like oh that was awesome and then i mm-hmm. went through like the final fantasy 3 and a bunch of different super nintendo rpgs i was playing breath of fire maybe fire Emblem. i was going down the list man and that was just one of them that i was just like oh and that one stuck with me though like i played it through so. yeah even me like i've never played it before i've always heard of chrono trigger this is like probably the most legendary rpg ever made honestly like you've always anyone who's a gamer has heard of chrono trigger in the past oh for sure for sure and like i said i'm not sure if jared just looked it up and told me about it or if he actually grew up with it or anything i don't know but jared Jared, how did you how did you discover it was you you same as similar to carter there well honestly i i do remember like first playing it i don't remember me telling carter about it but i mean i i I believe the story. I'm not saying like, hey, Carter, you're lying. But uh, uh, we've been friends for how many years? I mean, you can't remember everything. Like I can't. No, um, <laughs> I can remember how I fell into like a bunch. Like back in the day, you had like something, at least what we used. Everybody talks about LimeWire, but I used Airace Galaxy was the name. Yeah, I used like Aries the, too. Okay. It was like the P2P thing that you could like illegally download shit from. Yeah, the thing well, you trashed your mom's computer with. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you first discovered, like, computer viruses and how to destroy a computer in, you know, a couple hours of just downloading random shit. Yep. You learn real fast, or at least I did, after going through a computer or so. It, usually, if you looked at how big a file size was, if it didn't make sense, like, 
Like, hey, 1, yeah, I want to download this song in like two seconds. It's only 30 KB. Yeah. Well, if it's like if it's like less than you know, you know, if it's a couple hundred kilobytes and it says something like uh uh Super Nintendo 300 games, <laughs> then you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But uh anyway, from think, trying. Yeah, exactly. I think I downloaded like a Super Nintendo <laughs> emulator and like a bundle of like a hundred games all in the same download on this air ace thing. And once I finally got the emulator working, I just went through every single game on there and uh chrono trigger always stood out to me. Like I would just play a, you know, the first few minutes, especially if it had a name like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going through and trying every uh, Troy Aikman quarterback challenge game. <laughs> well, I did try that one specifically, but uh, like, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah. but I did. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy City, but, yeah, yeah, those types. I can remember playing this game for the first time, and like, I got to where you got to the end of the time, and I kind of figured I was close to the end of the game. I don't know why, and I kind of just backed away from it. So okay. when you said, I believe both of you all have beat this before, I've never beaten this game. Okay, believe, okay, that might have been when you told me about it. Then, whenever you were playing it, it could have been. I mean, like I said, I, I'm mistaken. Whenever or when you said you found it, but I do remember you telling me about it, and I didn't really know what it was. So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like even here recently, like I've been going to these game stores, I've been seeing Chrono Trigger from time to time, and I saw a box copy for eight hundred and seventy five dollars, and it it was insane. just like it is insane, man. And it's just one of those games now. It would be incredible to own but I don't think I ever will. Carter, didn't you say you passed up on it for 50 like a few years ago? Oh, yeah, but I'm talking like 2013 maybe, 2014. Okay. I was just like, oh, I don't know about dropping $50 on an old Super <laughs> Nintendo game. I was like, I mean, it's Chrono Trigger and I'd love to have it, but I just don't know about that. And now like loose by itself is like 250 bucks. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> they have a loose copy as well. I mean, it's always like that, man. Like here recently, like I believe I mentioned uh, watching the CU podcast with Pat, the NES punk, Pat Contry, he has a series on YouTube called Flea Market Madness. And it, I think he started it in like 2007 or some shit. And uh, even back then, he'd be like, oh man, these NES games are like two bucks a piece. Come on. Like that is outrageous. Back in like 2007, I'm like two bucks yeah. a piece. Like that makes me wish I could get like a time machine and go back to flea markets back then and just pick oh, of these course. games up. <laughs> but you didn't ever, you could never tell though. I mean, like even no. when I bought that R Type 3, that was like 180 bucks. I got it for $2 in 2001. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe 2000 even later after that, but it was like 2 bucks for a Super Nintendo game. So That's I mean, why I think Jeff is doing the smart thing right now picking up uh 360 games because that's the generation that's going to be having that wave next like coming yeah, up. Yeah, it's uh 360 is an all-time low right now. I'm thinking about grabbing a bunch of PS3 games before mm-hmm. they shoot through the roof. So It's always like the generation that's like two behind. Yeah, Genesis is at an all-time high right now. I think I added to my collection. I had over like $600 worth already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like this is all, since COVID, you've seen a huge spike in prices. And I just wonder if it's going to continue. Like, it's almost like it can't continue. Like, I mean, to have a market like this, you have to have consumers. And I just don't see it continuing at the same rate. Yeah, I I agree to that. That almost makes me want to sell everything I've got right now, honestly. But mm-hmm. I guess I'm too What do you lazy. mean, like before the bubble burst, like in their world? Yeah, exactly. It's like a huge bubble on retro games. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I yeah, don't know why I mean, the skilled gotta... market has been so crazy recently. Like, people are obsessed with that fucking, like, plastic for some reason. I don't get it. I don't see the point in the plastic versus, like, a, a, like a mint copy that's not sealed. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah, I, that's. I mean, all this shit, like NFTs that are basically fucking nothing that people were paying thousands of dollars to say they own to, like, or millions even <laughs> in some cases. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, uh, and if we keep going down this path, even like cryptocurrency makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, cause, uh, uh that's, a, that's a hundred percent. I still don't get cryptocurrency and everything. Like it's like, Hey, you have a crypt, you have a crypto coin. Okay. What's it worth? Well, you know, it's a piece of digital space that's worth an ass ton of money. So right. I don't know, which I don't, I could be wrong. I don't, I just don't know what it is. To be honest with you. I'm not like, I'm probably never going to get into crypto. I know there's a lot of people out there who get into it. There's even people who mine it, uh, which I mean, that's like, uh, I think when I was in school, they had like a bunch of, uh, super powerful computers set up to mine crypto. But yeah, it's just not something I'd ever be into because I don't even know what the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, right. like I've I've tried, like I kind of understand it, but I just don't understand how people have confidence in investing, which I guess even real money is almost all digital at this point. But like there's nothing physical to back it. So it's just some like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, some Yeah, that's what I was referring to. That, yeah, I don't that's know. That's what I mean. Like it's just empty, a big piece of empty digital space, really. I mean, but like I said, my bank account's pretty much just a bunch of numbers. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. (laughs) Who the fuck knows? Are we even real? We're in a simulation right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is taking a hard left turn now. So, (laughs) Well, someone like me, I kind of want the bubble to burst so I can pick up these fucking games. That's me, too. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to go down. Because like like you said, though, Jared, it's got to stop sometime. Because, like, am I paying $250 for Chrono Trigger? No. I don't care. I'm not doing it. I don't even think I'd pay that for a seal. And is it worth it? Sure. It's worth whatever you're willing to pay. But that $1.5 million um, Mario 64 is the one that like made me just like, I, I mean, there has to be more sealed Mario 64s. I wouldn't be surprised if like there's some like old game store that just mm-hmm. has all their shit in the back there. Like, I don't know. Mario like, 64 is the best selling 64 game. You mean to tell me that there's no other ones like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it was like one of the rarest games for the system sealed, I could understand it. Like Clay Fighters, Shoulders Cut, that's the rarest in 64 game. I could yeah. understand that, but not Mario 64. I think just because it's Mario, people are willing to pay it. Like he's yeah. the most iconic video game character. But if you look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense at all to buy yeah. it for that much. I but agree. It's, I it's know ridiculous. we're kind of steering away from Chrono Trigger here, but I love talking about this shit. But yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I was looking into a bit of the backstory on Chrono Trigger, like, cause I have no history with, with it. I was like, fuck it. I'll look into it. And it is fascinating, dude. Like, are you all familiar with a little bit of the backstory behind it? Um, I'm not really that familiar with it. I do know the artist and everything because it's pretty mm-hmm. popular and, uh, you can tell from the artwork who the artist is. It's that, um, I think it's the guy that does like Dragon Quest and all Akira of them. Akira Toyama. Yeah, him. he does Dragon Ball, I think, everything. I mean, he's that guy. So you can tell his artwork from a mile away. One of my favorites yeah. ever. Yeah, just a dumbed down version of the backstory, man. The creator of Final Fantasy, uh, his name is Hironobu Sakaguchi. I hope I'm saying that right. And he went on a trip with the Dragon Quest creator. This is one of Carter's boys. This is his oh, Miyamoto, yeah. Yuji Hori. Oh, I know. <laughs> and he, yep. Yuji Hori, I could I didn't even need to look that one up. <laughs> oh man, that's Love your it. Miyamoto. And then yeah. the he, uh, so the Final Fantasy creator, the Dragon Quest creator, went on a trip with the Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama to the U.S. to do research on American game design. God, and while just, they were traveling, they just cut, I don't want to cut you off, but just imagine hanging out with those dudes back in the day. Like, they're legends. Damn. I mean, they, these three people are like on the top of the world when it comes to gaming in the nineties. Yeah, damn, yeah. that's awesome. It is, man. And while they were traveling, they got to talking and they're like you know what let's just fucking like let's make a game like let's just like go out and make an rpg it's it was just that simple like they just got together and then they assembled what they called the dream team 
which was all these like famous Japanese game designers. And they just all came together to make this one RPG. And that's basically the story. I know it sounds very simplistic, but that's what they say. And I love that where like all these legends just come together and they're like, you know what? Let's just make this fucking masterpiece. Let's just love it. <laughs> let's get yeah, that is awesome. This. Like one of those bands that everybody just gets together and we're like, you know, let's just make a kick-ass song. <laughs> make a super group. Yeah. That's what they did here. That is, um, I love hearing that, man. I had no idea. I knew you had some notes on it, but I was just like, hey, I'm going to wait for the podcast. Did not know that's how it happened. Yeah, man, Like they, they busted their ass, man. And so much so that the musical create, like the, the guy who composed it, uh, he worked so hard on this game and he got very little sleep uh, that he ended up developing uh, stomach ulcers. <laughs> so he was forced oh, to, God. yeah, he was, he was so overworked and like so passionate about this game that he was hospitalized. So the final fantasy composer had to come in and finish the, the project for him. him well, thank you, and, sir. And the, yeah, they, they did a damn good job. This music was excellent. Oh man. Oh, speaking of the music, before we get into the actual review, me and Corey, whenever we w- we went uh, game hunting about a week ago or so, Corey, as soon as I got in the car, he just looked at me and smiled because he's been playing this game too. And he, I think he gave it a 9.4 because he always gets his little reviews on our Facebook page. He adored this game. He thought it was one of the best we've ever reviewed. Uh, he put on the soundtrack and we listened to the soundtrack the entire way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said that, that it was on Spotify and I was like, hey, check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kick ass. And it, it is such good music, man. It is one of my favorite tracks, just in case people are curious, is that forest right before you get to the uh, the castle. I think it's called The Secret of the Forest or something like that. It's an amazing piece of music. I love that. Oh, yeah. But uh, absolutely, uh, your stomach ulcers were absolutely worth it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, thank you, sir. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, boys, I mean, let's get in the Chrono Trigger. Let's, uh, let's dive deep into this thing. Oh, yeah, it's time. Carter, kick us off, man, because this is your genre. You're the JRPG man. Kick us off here. Okay, so this is one I've not gone back to for 15 years. Thank you, Terry, for picking it. When he picked yes. it, I was excited. I was like, it oh, sucked, hell yeah. I tried to get him on the podcast, guys, because, I mean, we love Terry. He's been listening to us basically since day one, and unfortunately, he was busy. He couldn't make it, but, yeah, I mean, the door's always open, man. If you if one of your games gets chosen in the future, all, you can always come on. Yeah, that, that's for everybody. I mean, we're not even we're not like professional podcasters or anything. Like if you might, no. we're just a bunch of friends who like talking about old video games. If anybody wants to do that, just jump on the podcast with us. We love just talking about this stuff. Absolutely. But anyway, uh, back to the star of the show, Chrono Trigger, um, or Chrono. But on this show, we're outnumbering you, Tanner. It's Chrono. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I haven't played this game in like 15 years, like I mentioned before, and I beat mm-hmm. it that one time. But as soon as you turn it on and you hear the music and everything, I was just like, oh, it's still that game. Like, it's yep. so good. Um, this game is almost like a one big, huge, it's going to sound derogatory, I guess, but calling it a big cliche, but not in like a bad way. Like, you can tell, like, this game was just like, hey, where did every other good RPG get their ideas from? And this game, like, owns all, like, take all mm-hmm. the ideas from other genre or other RPG games and stuff and throw it into one, like, all the best stuff and this is what you'd come up with. Like, and now it makes sense since you explained that it was all the great creators that came together. Yep. You can actually feel it when you're playing through the game. Cause I mean, music, obviously we touched on that is awesome. And I thought mm-hmm. for a super Nintendo game, it still holds up and looks very, very fantastic, which I played it on the Vita with the PS one version, but you know, the right. PS one version, That's what I played. Had, I played on the actual PS one disc. Right. And I noticed something um, when I looked up the comparison between the Vita and PS one, there's actually a comparison on YouTube. I don't know why, 
But the PS1, when you go into like the fair, it would load like seven seconds. And then on the Vita, it was like five seconds. But then if you change the disc's load speed, it would load in like three seconds. Really? So, yeah, I was like, I wonder if that's going to be something that Tanner's going to have trouble with. But it doesn't sound like you did. Let me go ahead, because I'm not going to have many complaints with this game, just right out of the gate. But that was probably my biggest complaint was some of those load times were fucking crazy. Like, uh, but honestly, it's not even the game's fault. It's just the version's fault. Like the PS1, yeah, it, it takes time to load. But however, yeah. the way this the battle system works in this game, I actually enjoyed a little bit of that load period because it gave me time to strategize what I was about to do before I got into the battle. So yeah, I honestly didn't mind it when it came to the battles. But when I didn't like the load times was whenever you were bringing up the menu and whenever you was going into like a, a, a house or something that got a bit annoying. But like I said, it's not a fault on the game. It's just a fault on my version. Yeah, I was going to ask you all how you played this. Carter played Vita, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played Vita, but it's the PS1 version, so it still had the load times and everything. Okay. I just downloaded it from the PSN store. I played the mobile version after Terry let us know oh, that it yeah. was on the phone. How was that? I, I wasn't too far in, but uh, like, so I just went back and restarted on the phone, and it made it so like accessible for somebody like me with my schedule to play this game. But I really like, I liked it, but at the same time, it's you with like your left thumb trying to like do like a D pad type maneuver, like go in a direction. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not the same. Like the precision isn't there. And if it required precision, like sometimes in those stupid, uh, like uh, the little carnival game where you're like <laughs> kicking, kicking those guys back into the jail cell. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't quite do that. And then there towards the end when you're running across like some like snowy hill and Ugh. it's blowing you off. Yeah. You got to start over if you fall down. All right. It only took twice. Like once I fell once, I kind of got the gist for it. But like just because my thumb is just sliding across a screen, it just wasn't as good as having like a good SNES controller in my hand. Right. That was one of my least favorite parts of the game too, was that whole snow mountain, death mountain, whatever it was called. Even on a controller, that was a fucking headache. Like trying to run up behind those trees and like against the wind and stuff. Yeah, that that part I wasn't crazy about. But yeah, I could see how that was hard on a on a phone. Yeah. Now, did you all play in the uh, what are the two modes? It's active and then what is it? Wait or something? Wait. Yeah. So explain the difference between those, Carter, real quick. Okay. Yeah, I was a little bit confused on that at first because I thought like wait was like the traditional turn-based RPG, like you make your move and the enemy makes the move and it starts over. What happened was um, active. The difference between active and wait is really not too drastic, and that's why I wondered how it would play that way. So when you use active, whenever you're trying to like choose your attacker and everything, they'll still be like the enemy still will attack you. So if you're going through the options or going through your items, you'll be getting like lit up. But on wait. Um, while you're going through the action menu and everything or trying to pick your move, the enemy won't attack. Like they'll be, but whenever you're just sitting there and not like going through your selections, then every, you know, they'll just keep attacking over and over and over, even in wait right. mode. So it, it just slows it down whenever you're like actually going through your menu and selecting what you want to do. So I actually started playing with wait because, you know, I was actually playing um, <clears throat> while I worked, mm-hmm. employee of the month here. And um, <laughs> so I was literally playing around with weight and I actually liked that a lot better than active. Like it was more, I don't want to say it, it, it does make it easier obviously, but it's more relaxing. Cause you know, while you're going through your options, you can literally just set it down, walk away and you're not going to get completely destroyed. Right. And you can actually plan a little bit better. So I did like that pretty good. I only so. played with active and I found it to be really engaging. Like it was really, really intense while it playing it because you have to cycle through your moves and shit. And that was a, not a complaint to the game, but a complaint to me 
like I would forget where the moves and shit are. And I would just like fumble through like the menus and stuff. Like, cause I was in like, I was just pumped up. I was, I was in the battle and like, it was intense. <laughs> and it was, oh, you yeah. could have, uh, you could have set it to wait and just kind of hung out there. And I know, man, but I, I like that, uh, adrenaline rush of like, you got to hurry. You got to get your moves going. So, oh yeah. yeah. I kept yeah, it on. I, I enjoyed it. That's a good element, but I think it's cool that it gives you the option of choosing between the two. So mm-hmm. you can actually, if you want to kick back and enjoy the story a little bit more and just kind of enjoy right. the battles by strategizing. For someone like Jared who's playing on mobile, that's the way to go for sure. I agree. Yeah. Even, even with that, like sometimes I would just kind of click it and like give myself a second to think. I, I can't tell you how many times I press the wrong button or attack the wrong guy trying to click with my damn thumbs, like in a hurry. <laughs> I played wait, but still, like even wait doesn't buy you that much time unless you're like in an item or in like a magic move yeah, tech that, or whatever. That's that's the only main difference. I thought it was completely different, but I was like, oh, when I tried out wait, I was like, you know what? That's really not that bad. It doesn't yeah. change the game that much at all to really be <clears throat> game breaking, I guess you'd talk it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the combat was incredible. And like, so who was your all's favorite characters to play? Like, who was a part of your team there? Because I love that about this game. I think in total, let me let me think here. There's seven you can have, right? You got Chrono, you got Ayla, you got Frog, you got Marley or Marl, however you say it, Robo, Magus. And am I forgetting one there? Luca. 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 Okay. But yeah, (laughs) there there are seven. Uh, Who did you all have on your team? Like, who was some of your favorites? I used Ayla a lot because she would like knock the hell out of anybody. And also mm-hmm. there's a move that she would get with Chrono uh, or Chrono. Actually, I think I called him Chrono because I think he's actually legit Chrono. C-R-O-N-O. Okay. That, there's a move. I forgot what it was called, but like you would take out a whole line of enemies and it would cost like four magic points is all. So that was pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she would also steal with that charm move. So she, you could steal a bunch of kick-ass items. So I was constantly running around stealing with her. Right. And I ended up using Robo quite a bit too. Because he has one of the best, like, multiple heal spell. I think it's the heal beam that heals mm-hmm. everybody. Um, the frog has that as well. Frog is just like a uh, lesser version of Chrono, I guess. Yeah. Uh, love his love the character, though. My God, I love that character. He's my favorite character, character in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love his story and everything. I mean, absolutely love the character. But for combat and stuff, he's just not my favorite. But he's amazing. Well, he was um, one of my mains. I used Chrono, Frog, and uh, Marl. Or Marl. Honestly, I love that the way that this game handles the uh, like how the characters come together because certain characters can have an element and certain characters can't. So the two characters that you picked, uh, Carter, they didn't have an element, did they? Robo and uh, Ayla, right? Um, or did, did, uh, or did no, Robo had Shadow, but um, I did use Marl for most of the game because I gave her the uh, gold stud that makes the uh, <laughs> magic pretty much where you can use nothing. Yeah. Most of all her spells used one magic point. She had so much magic, I could just sit there and spam that ice two over and over and over, and have her just heal my party over and over. Yeah, it's just she didn't have no multi like multiplayer or where she would heal multiple allies, and that kind of sucked. If she had that, then I'd have never took her out of my party. But yeah, yeah. like for instance, I I, I used uh, Frog and and Marl a lot. Uh, both of them are water, but I like how they even though they're both water, they both have a different take on the element. So Marl is uh, just ice, right? And then Frog is uh, like actual water. So he'll create like bubbles and shit. But the way that this game's combat works is you have something called, what is it, a single tech, a double tech, and a triple tech? Yep. Right on that? Yeah. Okay. They got some pretty good ones too. Like Glacier, I think, is one with uh, uh-huh. Frog and Marl. Because I would yeah. use everybody to try to get all the techs just for because I wanted to see what they all done. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, they had one called Double Cure, and it was probably the best heal that I've seen in the game because it, 
removes all status effects off everybody and it full heals everybody at once. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. But I I love how that combines all of the characters like move set into like, if you want to pair Chrono and Frog together, they have one or Robo and uh, Ayla. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways you can uh, approach the combat that combined with the 12 different endings in this game. I think this is probably the most replayable RPG of all time. Like I could go back to this game and play it probably 10 times and not have the same experience twice with all the yeah. different variations of shit you can do. Yeah, play it completely it's different, insane. right? And that's yeah. uh, that's one knock against Magus. I don't think he had too many of the... Uh, he never could get a triple tech, I know. Um, I didn't play with him enough to decide if he had a double tech or not. Definitely not that big. That, like, that's one thing that ruined his character because he was he has such a good story where he was Janus and then he became what he became. Like Such a good, incredible story. So I mean, Jared, who did you play? Like, Who was some of your favorites? Oh, I'm I'm kind of like once I get some characters, I get kind of attached to them. So usually my first party or like my party members are the ones I got first. Like Final Fantasy, even if they're not the best, Final Fantasy Seven, I got mm-hmm. Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa. Like, and I roll the whole game through <laughs> with them. Just uh, rock it with them, get attached. This, this, yeah, this was a lot of the same. So my whole like crew throughout was Chrono, and then Luca and Marl. That's okay. who I rolled with the basically the whole time, unless it made me change. No, that's right. fire and ice. That's a pretty good combo there. Yeah, fire, ice, mm-hmm. lightning. I had the the thing that like the variation. Now we're talking about the uh, combat. One thing I loved about it, and this is something that whenever you get like captured, like towards the beginning of the game, and you have to fight these guys that were like pretty much it's a shield, but they would peek out from behind the shield. Yeah, where it's an yeah. active battle system. You'd have to wait till they peeked out and then attack yeah. them. But there's a lot of that in the game where it's just they're just like, oh, go ahead and attack, and then you just gotta wait for like a boss fight. You just gotta wait for them to like stop counterattacking and stuff. So that added a, just even another wrinkle in the battle system that was just amazing. Yeah, and and also yeah. it's also a lot about where where your character is placed on the map. Because in Final Fantasy games, typically your characters are just in a line, and then the other enemies are just in a line, and you're just kind of looking at each other. But in this game, you could have like Chrono in the back, Ayla on the left, and Robo on the right. And some of their moves depend on like on diagonal lines. So if there's two enemies in front of you, and you use like a fire line ability, it would hit the two people ahead of you. Does that make sense? Like you like yeah. I love that it wasn't just uh, using a, an ability and you can choose to hit one or all. It's also based on where your character is positioned, and that added a ton of strategy to it. I loved the fact that this game has it to where it isn't like Pokemon, where you walk through the world map and then all of a sudden just like there's oh like yeah, a, no a random battle. encounters. Yes, there's none of that. Like once you get into like an actual um, area, you see the enemy directly in front of you, and you can choose to ignore them most of the time, or you can battle them. And uh, I, I love that because it, it, do, it never gets annoying. It's just kind of like you kind of look forward to battles because they're kind of few and far between sometimes. Right. This is one of the few games where I like most of them you have to backtrack. I mean, most RPG games you're going to have to backtrack to because it's a story driven game. Mm-hmm. But um, this is one of the games where I, it never bothered me to backtrack or go to even just talking to people from different times. Um, like you go to one time and then, you know, there's something going on when you talk to people from the future and their dialogue changes based on what happened in the past. Yep. And I just love going back and forth and just talking to That's what everybody the in characters, town. especially yeah. the playable characters. So amazing is uh frog. He talks in like this here, you the, you like that old school, like yeah. uh, medieval talk. Yep. And Robo talks like a robot. Uh, Ayla talks like a caveman. Like, I love that they, tailored the characters to their time period and it gives them that like personality and it makes them all very very distinct 
um, the the one character that I missed out on getting was Magus because you all know that one part where it's like a one v one against Frog and Magus, and you can choose whether to fight him or not. Yep. I chose to fight him and I beat his ass because I was like, fuck you, Magus. You... <laughs> I didn't oh. like him. So I didn't get him a part of my party. So that's another thing I could go back and, and try out in the future is yeah, I never yeah. even got Magus. Pretty kick-ass that you can do that too. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. another part of the game that I thought was, it actually made me laugh quite a few times because of some of the references. For instance, uh, Ozzy Flea slash, <laughs> I mean, that's, obvious reference there that's yeah. pretty hilarious you know, uh, I, I love rock music so a right. call to black sabbath red hot chili peppers and guns and roses that was awesome. right and they had Which a, I, well, I know in japan the the names are different and they're named after condiments i think one of them is named soy sauce vinegar and like <laughs> mustard or some <laughs> shit right i mean that's just like i love that the game had that in it too and they had the knights of the square table <laughs> so, i oh, mean it was yeah yeah uh just like those references like that, like it's in the middle of this like crazy serious game, and then it pulls out, even makes you laugh too. Like it's just oh I mean, yeah, it like there, there's everything. so many down moments in this game that I think RPGs need to have this like nice balance of not taking themselves so serious all the time because yeah. like that that party whenever you're uh, whenever you first go to have 62 billion BC or whatever the fuck it is with Ayla, there's like this little dance party that you have like in the the shit like that, the down moments where it's just the characters like just kind of having fun that really makes you love the characters more. And this yeah. game had a ton of that shit. Uh, yeah. especially there's a side quest in this that involves uh slash flea and uh ozzy and it is the easiest side quest of all time it's just showing how big of fools they are but it it just adds a lot of uh flavor to the game i guess like it's just a really really fun little side quest yeah. i don't know if y'all got to do it but it, it was a lot of fun i don't think i did get to do that and yeah it's, it's just you fight them again but they're they're jokes and it's it's hilarious like they're just right. nothing and and something else i actually wrote down and something I got to bring up. So we talk about how the game played and everything. But when I made it to Magus's castle, I thought it looked amazing and was kind of mm-hmm. creepy. Like it, when you go oh, in yes, and all the people was. are just like uh, sitting there, they're kind of like, hey, you want to play with us or whatever? And it's just, and then you see your actual <laughs> other party members and everything. I was like, this is kind of like, I'm playing this on my beat and I'm kind of getting like wigged out by it and everything. The and then the and scene especially was really creepy. Yeah, so that was pretty. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, "Yeah, this is impressive enough that I got to write a note down about this one." Okay, so I'll I'll let you all know. I didn't beat it. I, like right now, I'm right. I guess I'm towards the end. Almost everybody's like level forty five in my party. I don't yeah. know how close. I, that I was is. in like fifty two whenever I beat it. Yeah, yeah you're right I, there. I think I haven't like I've done everything. I just haven't done any of the like optional side quests for each character. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I need a little help from you all. Oh shit! <laughs> so, explain the plot just a little bit for me. Like, I uh, explain it to me like I'm five. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, so I know like the major plot. Like, you're trying to prevent this like Lavos or Lavos from ending the world. But like, I get lost. Like, I I I was with the whole game, but where it was such a rush for me to try to play on my phone, like to get through this 12,000 BC all like threw me for a loop. Like, was that the, uh, like the ice age? No, area? that's, that's like, no, it, it was, it was where you have zeal and everything up in the sky. But it's I also the the ice same shit. I, whenever they threw that out of nowhere, I got yeah. completely lost for a while. I'm like, uh. yeah, I, I, and I'm still kind of lost to this day. Like I kind of just like kept following along, but like, that's when like a big wrench got thrown in the whole plot to me because like, uh, like, 
I kind of seen everything, like all those random, I thought it was really cool. Like the random guys kind of got thrown into different parts of time. Like mm-hmm. that Mel, Mel choir. Oh, yeah, or whatever. that part. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mel, Mel, Melchior, Melchior. Melchior. There you <laughs> yeah. go. That's probably the proper net. And like the guy from the end of the time, like got thrown to the mm-hmm. end of the time and all that shit. That was really cool to see. But like, I don't understand like 12,000 BC. It's like 13,000 years before your time and yeah. everything's so fucking advanced. And these people, like I just kind of, it kind of threw me for a loop there. I, it did me too, Jared. And it, honestly, it's really hard to explain a plot that has so much time travel in it. Cause yeah. I, I'm a sucker for time travel shit. Me I love, too. I love hey, Tanner, Back to the Future. What's, what's one of too. our favorite movies together. That's kind of like a cult classic. Like, Oh fuck. I don't know. You tell me. You don't know? No, I don't know. Tell me. I'll give you a hint. Bill Murray. Oh, Groundhog's Day. Absolutely. <laughs> that is one of my favorites of all time. Anything, <laughs> if you have like, time travel in it, I'm a sucker yeah. for it. Yeah, like, and that's not really time travel, but like, get stuck on the same day. Like, right. I, I know we both love that movie, and I, I, I love it. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I did think that this game, okay, that part was weird, and I kind of, they kind of lost me there too. But they explain how each uh, area got to how it was, and I fucking yeah. love that. Like for instance, like the, the farthest you can go back is Aeolus time. Like that's like the caveman times. And yeah. then you see Labos. That's how Labos comes to be. He crashes into the Earth and creates basically like how the real Earth was. This giant ice age. So you okay. go up a little bit farther. That shows how the the ice came to be. Now, I don't understand how this like magic civilization is floating in the sky. Like, you, you know what I mean? They never explain that. It's just kind of right. like they they're kinda, there. They kind of touch on it in the future things whenever you're, uh, whenever you can use magic that you get from the future and you're in uh, that like monster village. And mm-hmm. when is it 1000 AD still present time, I think, when you go there? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Is. And um, they're like, uh, you can use magic. We thought all humans that could use magic died off a long time ago. And then okay. find out that. That's when 12,000 BC was going on. That's when okay. everybody was up in the sky. Then you had the people who couldn't use magic were down on Earth in the, like that. Uh, I forgot the name of the place, but it was down, you know, where the, all the, like, the trash humans lived. Right. Then eventually yeah. everybody came to Earth after, you know. Yeah, that's where I was going like, with that card. Because once that like floating skyloft town uh, crashes into the Earth, it lands into the ocean and creates how the land is shaped in the future ep- er, okay. worlds. So I love that because it mixes the magic people with the earthlings is what they're called. So that explains in the future how there's people with magic and there's people with no powers. So they're kind of just together in the world now. They're they're not separated. So I I really enjoyed that. But yeah, like I wish they would have gave a little bit more explanation to the zeal civilization because they just kind of. You you all have helped like kind of tie it together a lot just now for me yeah i i, I was noticing those little things because like it, the, the further you would go up in time it would show because obviously in i think it was 1999 ad that's when uh lavos like fucks up the world and then in the future yeah. everything's fucked up so 1999. <laughs> <laughs> that's jared's favorite song of all time just a little shout out <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety nine. That is. There's got to be something more to that. <laughs> like why they chose that time. Oh, that is true. Because got to be a Prince what, reference. What, what they predicting the end of the world in real life? Then because this game came out in ninety five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh, we should have looked into it. Damn it. Y two K. But yeah, man. I mean, this game is still incredible. Even though I have little gripes with the the, the plot, um, one of my biggest gripes with the plot was the villain. Like, because uh, in the beginning of the game, they they hype up Magus to be the main villain forever, and I was like, okay, so this is who we're going after. This is the guy. 
and then eventually you can have him on your team. And then they introduce that queen out of nowhere, the zeal queen. And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of just thrown in here. And I don't and know you, who you, and she's, and she's very generic. She's like, I just want to take over the world and live. Well, you did uh, with her. Like, I think she got tainted by Lavos or mm-hmm. Lavos because she was trying to like, that's how they were getting their power. They were trying to like harvest okay. it through Lavos. Yeah. And that's why. And then Shala or Shala, who was Janice's older brother. And you know, that Janice was Magus, right? Like Janice. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, so he was the kid in 12,000 BC, and the whole thing was like, they're like, oh, can't wait till Magus summons Lavos, or Lavos, I I don't know that one either. (laughs) But um, when you finally get to Magus back in like 600 AD, and he's getting ready to summon him, he gets mad that you've ruined it, and the whole time, he's not trying to summon Lavos to destroy the world, he's trying to summon him so he can kill him, because Lavos took over his mom and made his sister, whatever, Mm -hmm. so Lavos kind of ruined his life, so Magus's whole storyline was based around pretty much Lavos destroying his life and he just wanted to get his revenge so right which is pretty cool yeah because uh <clears throat> they're towards the end of the game they give you they give you like seven different side quests out of nowhere it's like right before you can go to beat uh, lavos and the queen and all that the uh, the old man in the end of time is like okay here's seven eight things you can do side quest related and i absolutely loved how this game handled the side quest because most of them are, are tailored to a specific character i mean they're optional you don't have to do them but if you do do them it makes the it gives like the characters a uh, finality to their story. So like with Frog, you go and you uh, put his friend. Uh, what was his name? Friend Cyrus or what was yeah, it called? Cyrus was the hero, and the yep. Frog was actually Glenn. Yeah, you put his soul to rest, and you end up getting some of the best uh, equipment for Frog. And I, I love the way they did the side quest because it's not like a Bethesda game where it's like go and kill three bears and return here and you get gold. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, dumb Just shit like that. It it, it, it gives the game a purpose. It makes you like the characters more, and you also get really really useful shit for the final boss. So love the way they did the side quest. Yeah, I agree, and it changes the story too. And that's another thing. Like if I'm wrong about the story, like as far as Magus and Lavos and things like that, mm-hmm. um, it's probably a side quest I need to do that'll actually explain out what's going on or dig a little bit more into the story. Which is that's another thing about why I wanted to do those side quests. That's why I didn't have I didn't beat it this time or go around either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to. I mean, I don't care to beat it on my own time. I'm, I'm honestly going to beat this game again in the future. Like yeah, I had such a good time with this game. And I, and I, I cannot wait to go back to it um, for sure. I mean, exactly. like I said, there's 12 different endings. I had one ending. I'm not going to even spoil it just just because if someone gets that particular ending. But if you haven't played this game, you absolutely should. Uh, do you boys want to go ahead and get to our scores? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Score time. <laughs> I'll go ahead and go first, I guess, since I'm the one who beat it. I think this game, I don't think this game is the best uh, beginner RPG. I think if you're new, like let's say you're a little kid and you're approaching RPGs for the first time, start with like Pokemon, Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi. Get like a little feel for the genre. But once you like the style of it, go right in the fucking Chrono Trigger. Go into one of the greatest of all time because I think this game had such a good flow to it. It, it never felt repetitive. It never felt too hard. The, and, it all, and it had a good challenge, particularly with the boss battles. I, th- I feel like that's when they really tested your skill and your knowledge of the game. They're like, okay, you've been, you've been getting through it. Now let's test you a little bit. And I love the way that they've done that. Uh, the music is phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. Um, the story, uh, I had a little bit of problems with it, but I love time travel. So anything uh, with time travel. And you got to keep in mind, this is a 1995 SNES game, and 
like the the world felt it, like huge at time. Like it felt incredible. Like it, you don't see this with games today. I absolutely recommend it. I'm going to give it an eight point nine. I feel like this game was awesome, and I honestly feel like I would have gave it in the nines if it wasn't for the version I was playing because I had some load time issues here and there. If I could play the SNES version or the Nintendo DS version, it would absolutely be in the nines for me. All right, boys, one of you all take this away. Okay, I'll go ahead and go. I'd say Jared's probably paused and waiting on his. <laughs> no. Um, but for me, like, when I played through this game, it's just, I mean, my God, it's so incredible. I was literally like, okay, Matt, what can we, you can't give it a 10 because you got to find something that you hate about the game. And that took a very long time to find stuff I didn't really like about it. I mean, even now it's hard to really find stuff because I thought the length of the game was perfect. Like, it didn't, it wasn't too long in the tooth. Um, even when I, like I mentioned, when I'm running around and actually talking to everybody, I literally wanted to talk to every character in the game. Like even just the NPCs that are just kind of sitting around villages. I want to talk to them in all the time periods because they all had something interesting to say. Um, save for a few, like that one guy who says, here's 10 gold cluck like a chicken and stuff like that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, overall, like, I mean, I was just like, man, I just have to get a feeling for what I feel like this game is worth. Cause I mean, it's so damn good. And that's all clearly you all probably knew before we even started. This is one of my favorites of all time. But um, for me, my review score that I wrote down, um, I wrote down a 9.3. The only thing I can say is it just feels like a 9.3 today because a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff about it, it would, you could almost say is to say it's a cliche RPG is like the stupid thing to say because it's one of the greatest ever made. But all the ideas on it or all the RPGs you play nowadays, you can see like <clears throat> the stuff from this game kind of laid down the groundwork of what an RPG should be. 100%. And it's still amazing. Like, I loved it. Music, music not great. Not that this matters um, all that much. Sorry to cut you off, Card, but not that this matters too much, but this is the number one RPG of all time on IGN. They're on their top 100. Number yeah, one. And it, sh- and it should be. Like I said, a, a lot of people consider it not only the uh, greatest RPG, but just the greatest game, period. And I am I can get on board with that. It's really that damn good. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I've got it as a 9.3. All right. Hey, aesthetically... One of the best RPGs I think you'll see on the 16-bit level. Mm-hmm. I think it it looked awesome. Music was the best I've heard on a SNES game to mm-hmm. me personally. Like it was awesome. So thank you, stomach ulcer guy. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we hope you're and, doing all right. <laughs> yeah, hope you're well. But really, uh, you know, take some vacation time, man. You could have you could have asked for a little bit of vacation, got some time in between to. Don't get so stressed out. But anyway, uh, I'm a grinding type person. And like with this game, you almost don't have to do that. I mean, in the end, it gets more difficult, but it's like they ensure that the game, like it, it offers smooth, fast paced gameplay from the start to the end. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the straightforwardness and like the brevity, it works in the game's favor to me. And I've played RPGs with bigger worlds and more to do and more to explore, but this almost delivers like the best adventure you'll have in a mm-hmm. straightforward game that you just kind of play through mm-hmm. to me and uh best story without wasting time to get to. So I gave it a 9.5. Woo. I feel like, okay, this beats Mario World. I, I already know. to uh, amend my score and put it at 9.5 because I'm like, why am I rating a 9.3? And I was like, <laughs> what's wrong with the game? You know what? Put me at 9.5. Not because I'm still in your score, just because like, wow, I mean, how okay. the hell can I put it at 9.3 when there's nothing wrong with it? I just can't give it a 10 because, I mean, there's some stuff that you can improve. So that's, that's the first nine. ever retro amendment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Terry see. Bragg, good choice, man. You got the top retro jammer score. Uh, at the and like I said, this game being the greatest on our list so far is fair because it's, like I said, it's considered the greatest ever made. That's a, a 9.3. Fair. Yep. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and in the future, when we do an RPG wheel, because I did a poll on Facebook, I'm like, all right, guys, what would you like to see me pick the most out of these three games? And Chrono Cross won it. So that's likely going to be my my pick. And it's got some big shoes to fill. I don't know much about Chrono Cross, so we'll see in the future. If I've never, never picked that one up myself, and I've always wanted to. I own it on PS4. It. And it was one of my pickups, so I'm ready for it. If it, if it wins, I mean, it does, if it does win. All right, boys. Well, uh, Chrono hey, Trigger was fucking phenomenal. It was awesome, I, and I still got to beat it on my phone. Which, like I said, it's awesome. I'll, you know, just pick up and play. But anyway, Tanner, mm-hmm. you doing the game wheel or the Lester? Lester wheel first. Will first. Okay, that's well, we what I was a, waiting on. We have a I'm, winner. Okay, I'm pumped to give something away. So this is for you, listeners. Yep, I'm not going to go over every single name because they know who's on it, but uh, I'm going to go over who wins this damn thing. So here we go. I got it ready here. Who is getting Lester the Unlikely in the mail? Here we go. Sealed. Sealed. Three, Sealed. two, one, go. I'm, I'm screen recording this, so I'm going to put this on Facebook. Oh, this is real. We don't cheat. Ho, ho. Anthony Vance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, it, it, honestly, if if I could think of like the top five people to to deserve this, Anthony's one of them, man. Anthony has been there forever since day one, and he's day even one in, interacting his Anthony messages. Oh, I love it, I Anthony. Love it. I hope you enjoy this game, man. I, I hey, hope. <laughs> if it were me and I was given a sealed SNES game, I'm like putting it in like a a little case, and I'm keeping it maybe for the long haul. Just to see what the value turns into. You never know. Gamers put their signature on it. (laughs) No, don't (laughs) ruin it. Yeah, don't mess it up. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But uh, I'll say this though: Anthony's going to know he's won without us telling him because he's going to listen. That's 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 awesome. Oh yeah, you you gotta love Anthony, man. He's always there. Yeah. Good but uh, okay, man. Uh, I'm gonna have to contact him and get his address here so I can mail it to him. Good but uh, I hope you enjoy that, Anthony. Congratulations. If you're listening, just remember it could have been you if you reviewed it. All you got to exactly. do, because we'll probably give something else away before we get to 100. But we're on the road to 100 to give away yeah. that PlayStation Classic. All righty, boys. Uh, moving on here. We got four games left on the season three wheel. One of them a Carter game. One of them a Jared game. Two of them community games. The Carter game is Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, another RPG. That would be crazy going right back to it, but I mean, RPG, it'd be RPG. fun though. Yeah, oh, man, that'd be tough to stand up to. I know. <laughs> and then Jared's game, Ages of Empires 2. This is probably the most hyped game on our wheel uh, from our community. People are yeah. wanting this game yeah. big time. Oh, yeah. So, then we got Dave Mathis's game, DuckTales. Um, that will be a, a fun little bite-sized game, and I and I feel like he will come on the podcast. So we're still waiting on that guest. So hopefully he'll come on. And then uh, Jet Li Rise to Honor, Brandon Brewster, <laughs> PS2 fighting game. It, I mean, I feel like it'll be fun. Uh, um, here we go. Warless games. Yep. It's time. Moving on. Three, two, one. Jet Li. <laughs> hey i'm ready for it i'm pumped oh boy okay this is the game. what the fuck game no offense brandon but i i, you, I don't know 
<laughs> this is a what the fuck uh no fan. <laughs> it really is like who the hell knows what this is or I've, what okay it will I, be. me and brandon are extremely close we've been together i mean I, we we were born a week apart so i've known him forever uh, yeah. I've never once ever seen him play this fucking game, so I don't know where he got this from. <laughs> what if um, he sabotaged just like Watch did with Lester? <laughs> it, like the games I remember him playing were Driver Three, uh, San Andreas, yeah. those types. I never remember him playing this. So Driver there Three is something to be said yeah. for Jet Li, though. It yeah. hit. It um. It sold to so much that it has a greatest hits version. So wow. hey. and it was oh, developed okay. by Sony. So who knows? I don't know jack shit about Jet Li himself. I mean, we'll get into that in the episode, I guess. And hopefully, Brandon, you're coming on, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get his interview recorded this weekend. But yeah, I'm excited, guys. Uh, back right. to the PS2. So what an episode. We had Anthony Vance. We had a winner. We got to recover Chrono Trigger. And here we go with Jet Li. So everybody, break that game out and let's and, get jamming. And, jamming and this game, this game, roughly five to eight hours to beat so that's good very perfect. perfect a quarter good. of what chrono trigger was so yep yeah perfect perfect all right let's do it thank you for listening to the retro jammers podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode leave us a review wherever you get your podcast you can also follow along and interact with us at Facebook by searching up the Retro Jammers or on Twitter where our handle is at Retro Jammers. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week, and uh, let's get playing. <laughs>